This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It's Thursday, January 16th. You're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. We're about to call in Chris Hummer because Chris created a list at 247sports.com of 10 likely breakout stars for the 2020 season now that the 2019 one is over. And the thing about breakout stars is they define college football, right? This year's leader in passing was Anthony Gordon at Washington State. You can say what you want about, well, yeah, any quarterback under Mike Leach is going to light at the scoreboard. Anthony Gordon wasn't even supposed to win the job until like mid-August rolled around. What about the leader in rushing, Shuba Hubbard at Oklahoma State? He was a first-year starter taking over for Justice Hill, who had departed for the NFL draft. Of course, now you probably know who Chuba is. Joe Burrow, the breakout player in college football in 2019, the star in 2019, was an average player, an average Joe in 2018, projected to be a mid-round NFL draft selection in like August. And of course, lights up the entire country, you know, how many top 10 teams, five or six strings together the best season in college football history by a quarterback and will be the number one pick by the Cincinnati Bengals later this spring. So yeah, it's, it's a tough task to, to name 10 breakout players when you you really never see them coming. But I think Chris has a pretty good idea. And after we talk to Chris, I have a lot of news to run down with you guys. So stay tuned. Okay, Chris, before we get started running down these guys, First question is, when you set out to make this list, breakout players for the 2020 season, what parameters did you have, if any? Because I, I know it's got to be difficult as someone who covers the sport to try to find guys that you don't think the casual fan really knows about. Yeah, so I think there's I think there's two things when you're trying to set parameters. One, I, I mean, it's a list of 10 guys, and we just pick round numbers because it's easy to do and people like them that way. So I tried to pick at least one guy at every position uh, that certainly factored into the process. And then the other thing was when you're looking for breakout, it's kind of a hard thing to define. Um, The way I looked at it is there's going to be lots of breakout players in college football and kind of many aspects. And for every team breakout means something different, but the 10 guys I selected, I feel like have a chance to be players who in some fashion or another will help kind of define next season. These are players that, are potential superstars, guys that are going to go from like kind of afterthought in the college football kind of uh, thought bubble to just kind of front and center next year. So these are the kind of the guys I'm spotlighting. Good stuff. That makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, I know all the names on this list. Well, except for one of them, but hopefully, hopefully you pinpoint it well and, and we'll see how it goes. Spencer Rattler was pretty obvious, so I don't want to spend too much time on him, Chris, but I think it is interesting that you think Oklahoma in 2020 could be Oklahoma, better than Oklahoma in 2019. And, you know, I certainly, as the year went on, cooled a bit on Jalen Hurts' ability in that offense. But Spencer Rattler, for the common fan, 
Is he more of a Baker Mayfield? Is he more of a Kyler Murray? Is he more of a Jalen Hurts? As far as Lincoln Riley's past quarterbacks go, uh, of which three is he the best blend of? Um, he's probably more Baker than any of than Kyler or Jalen. Um, he's he's about Baker's size. He's six foot one. Um, he's really special, kind of from an accuracy standpoint. Um, obviously, some of our recruiting guys who watched him a little more closely than me understand. But from what I understand, uh, he's kind of ripped it up at Norman um, on the field the last uh, essentially year. Super accurate guy. He's good out of structure, a lot like Baker was. He's a guy who can make things happen after the play. And I just think he's the type of passer who is good enough. Obviously, Spencer Rattler was the number one um, overall quarterback quarterback in the country in the 2018 class. And he's the type of guy who can elevate a team from that quarterback position. I think Jalen Hurts, as good as he was and as important as he was to college football, lacked that ability in big game moments against elite defenses. Spencer Rattler is going to be able to beat you with his arm and he's going to be able to create things kind of when you need something to happen. That's kind of going to be the difference for Oklahoma next year. Yeah. Rattler, uh, top ranked quarterback in the class of 2019's 24 seven sports composite and a top 10 player overall. And what's interesting about him is he was the top prospect in a quarterback class that sort of delivered this year of the freshman quarterback narrative this last 2019 season, whether it was Sam Howell or Jaden Daniels or any of the other guys. And Spencer Rattler took a backseat to that. So it'll be interesting to see what he's got in store for 2020. You've got a few rising sophomore receivers on here. I think receiver is probably a fairly easy position to project. All of these guys were awesome as recruits. Garrett Wilson for Ohio State, Joseph Ngata for Clemson, Kyle Ford, for USC running down each of those guys. I think most fans might know who Garrett Wilson is, but it looks like he could be, if not number one, because of Chris Olave, at least the number two target in Columbus for Justin Fields next year. Yeah. Garrett Wilson's a guy like he grew up or at least played high school football 20 minutes down the road from me. So I'm quite familiar with Garrett. Um, he's a great kid, first of all, but like as from a receiver perspective, he was a five-star in the 2018 class. I'm sure a lot of state fans know plenty about him. But he just makes spectacular plays, especially in terms of contested catches. Um, he was a Division One level basketball recruit. Um, and he can just go up and get the ball. He's got such great body control in the air. And we saw some of that as a freshman when he made just absolutely spectacular catches. He had over 500 yards receiving. I think he had five touchdowns. So he's kind of a known commodity. But he's going to go from Ohio State's fourth option to its first or second option next year besides Chris Olave. So I think I think of the three receivers I listed, he has the best potential to emerge as kind of the best receiver in his conference. He has that type of potential. In Gata for Clemson, they're going to say goodbye to T. Higgins, and they're going to hope that Justin Ross, after somewhat of a disappointing sophomore year, can do what Higgins did uh, and go from great freshman year, whatever sophomore year, massive junior year. So they're going to hope – Justin Ross is a very legitimate number one target, and they're going to pair him with a few other guys. Uh, you know, Amari Rogers is around. Frank Ladson is going to be a sophomore next year. But Joseph Ngata was a guy you listed. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. And hopefully he's a guy, for Clemson's sake, who can create separation at the line of, line of scrimmage. Yeah, he's kind of that Clemson prototype through the years. He's six foot three. He's like 210 pounds. He can win at the line of scrimmage with his hands. He's a big physical receiver. But he's also pretty fast. Um, he's got good speed downfield. 
Um, we list, I know our kind of skill breakdown on 24-7 sports probably doesn't get explored that much, but we listed him as a 10 speed out of 10, so the dude can fly. Um, he is the type of, he got him from California. Davo Sweeney raved about him all year. Um, he was kind of viewed as if there was going to be a Clemson early enrollee or contributor that was going to kind of make an impact, it would be him. Um, what Clemson's wide receiver room was obviously pretty crowded, but with T. Higgins exiting the premises, I would expect Nagata to emerge as, at worst, Clemson's kind of second option. Because as we've seen, um, those two outside receiver positions are kind of how Clemson's offense functions and funnels through. And Nagata is positioned alongside Justin Ross to kind of reap a lot of the benefits of Trevor Lawrence's final college season. USC's receiver room year in and year out is just loaded. You could have gone like five different guys for the Trojans. You could, you almost said Drake London. I don't think Brew McCoy is at a place yet where you could have gone with him considering he didn't even play this year and we don't really know what the future holds for the top-ranked the top ranked member of USC's 2019 class. But Kyle Ford was another one of those five-star wideouts that USC signed last year. He put together the best showing by any receiver in the history of the opening file, finals was absolutely absurd. And you like him to build on what he did as a freshman, don't you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's going to be se- the benefit of the air raid and kind of the way Graham Harrell ran that offense this past year. There's several next men up. USC had three receivers clear the 900-yard barrier last season. One of those guys, Blinnikoff finalist Michael Pittman's exiting. Kyle Ford could easily step in there. Amon St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, and potentially Tyler Vaughn's if he returns to school are certainly going to command plenty of targets. But there's also plenty of balls to go around in that system. And Kyle Ford was coming out of high school, one of the most ready to play college athletes in the 2019 class. He kind of has everything you want. He's six foot two. He's got a college ready body. Four, five, four, six guy with great body control, has excellent hands. And I really think he's going to be able to step right in and play next season. He played a little in 2019. He had a touchdown catch against Oregon, actually, but um, he redshirted. And I think after kind of a year away to get healthy and considering the system that USC employs, I think um, Kyle Ford is going to really, really blow up nationally next season. We'll skip ahead. You've, you've got Caillou Blue Kelly, a freshman cornerback for Stanford, who emerged as one of the best young players in the Pac-12 last year. You've also got rising freshman, redshirt freshman tight end Baylor Cup from Texas A&M, who was the top-ranked tight end in top 247 history was supposed to be the guy in Jimbo Fisher's offense, suffers a freak injury in fall camp. And so then you have another Aggie true freshman tied in, Jalen Weidermeyer, earned 24-7 sports true freshman All-American honors. But the Baylor Cup is is a lock if he's fully healthy to to be a big, probably go-to target for Kellen Mond in his final season. So let's, let's go to Happy Valley. This Penn State defense could be pretty special next year, and you like Jason Owe to replace the void, the pass rushing void of, of NFL bound Yator Gross Matos. So tell, tell us about Jason Owe. Yeah, I, I love Jason Owe. I think he's going to be one of the breakout stars of the college. I mean, we included him on the list, obviously, but I feel really good with Jason Owe's potential. He's kind of, he was a late riser from a recruiting standpoint. Um, he was a basketball player for most of high school. Um, we ended up putting him at number 76 in the 24-7 sports composite. He was super raw, but um, he's six foot five, 255 pounds. He's like a legit 4'4 guy on the edge. Like He can move 
Like the dude's like a legitimate freak. He had five sacks this season, two forced fumbles, kind of as Penn State's like fourth uh, pass rushing option. Um, he's going to have some work to do in terms of like setting the edge and defending against the run. But that's just stuff that you're naturally going to get better at as time goes on. When it just comes to like the pure ability to rush the passer, which Penn State will need given its um, kind of all Big Ten loss, Jason Owe is in, potent- is in position to kind of really explode next season. He's just one of those guys that um, James Franklin and his staff have done such a good I- job identifying and developing over time. He's going to be a combine star in 2021 or 2022. And I think next season's the year where kind of it all comes together for him. I expect him to have double-digit sacks. And I I really do think he'll be one of the not only best pass rushers in the Big Ten, but in the country. Penn State sort of always stockpiles their roster with those freaky-type athletes. Another freaky-type athlete, Marcel Brooks, a five-star in the class of 2019, listed as a safety for LSU, but could play anywhere. He could be a massive, massively important piece on that Tiger defense that will lose a lot and could lose uh, Kalevon Chason. Kalevon Chason, I'm, I'm sorry, Kalevon. So Marcel Brooks, an interesting prospect, and you you wrote a cool story on him last year. What's what's the word on him? Yeah, Marcel, like he's a super interesting prospect. He's kind of a tweener. He's like six foot two, 194 pounds, which I think is a big reason why he's playing safety. But what he does best is get after the passer. Like the dude is really freaky off the edge. He's instinctual. He's got great bend. Like the dude can move. Like he is um, just a really dynamic presence. And I think we saw that flash at times uh, this past season. They didn't use him a ton. Um, LSU was pretty deep across the board. But when he got a chance to get on the field, he made an impact. Um, I, I I'm interested. I think linebacker makes sense for him long term, and there are certainly with like Patrick Queen head to the NFL today, there are going to be some potential positions there, but it's also easy to kind of envision him or like Caleb on chase on likely moving on as well. But um, if he gets better in coverage, which is something he does really well, he's like a four, six guy. He's always had good instincts back there. He could be Grant Delpit because he has at least some of the same qualities that made Delpit so good. He can cover. He's a really, really good pass rusher and he really scrapes well kind of across the field in terms of uh, playing the run. So LSU can do a lot with him. It's just whatever Dave Aranda kind of chooses to do with the kid because he he can pretty much do it all when it comes to playing defense. We saved the most interesting one for last. Jalen Phillips, who's at Miami now. If that name sounds familiar, he was the number one recruit in the class of 2017, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. Just almost looked like a generational type pass rusher. He was good when he was on the field, Chris. Three and a half sacks in six games as a true freshman at UCLA. Yeah, not much in 2018. And injuries sort of followed him. And at one point, you can clear it up, but at one point I, I thought he medically retired from football or, or at least thought about it. But no, winds up at Miami, sits out this past year getting his body right, maybe getting his mind right. I think the question that everyone brings up when talking about Jalen Phillips is – how much does he love football? Does he love football enough to be great? Because he could be a first rounder if he does. But I know he's interested in, in, in many other things, uh, arts and music and, and all of that stuff. So you've kind of gotten to know Jalen over the years. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I've known, I've known Jalen for a while now. I, I think he's an excellent kid. Um, he certainly does have diverse interests. He has kind of fully dived into kind of the music producing scene in Miami uh, since he's arrived there. But I also know he's put on about 10 pounds since he got to UCLA. 
or since he got to Miami. Um, he's fully healthy, from what I understand. Um, he is a guy that is ha- is very excited to get back on the field. He's had some injuries in the past, and he didn't actually medically retire. That's what UCLA announced. He was just kind of taking some time away from football, as I understand it. Um, that whole situation um, was kind of interesting. But um, in regards to next season, he is a guy when you kind of put him alongside Gregory Rosau, who had 15.5 sacks for Miami last season and a really breakout season for him, that could really explode. Um, number one overall player in the 2017 class, obviously, has plenty of potential, Jalen does. And when you kind of put him in that Miami scheme, which emphasizes edge rushers, and if he's fully healthy, I like he's a guy that I think could have 10-plus sacks quite easily next year. Um, he still has first-round potential. There's a reason why he was ranked so high by everyone, not just by 24-7 sports. Everybody kind of saw that in him. And if he's healthy and he's dedicated to the sport, he's going to be a guy that emerges as a superstar next season. I have no question about that. And I, I think Jalen is ready to kind of uh, get back on the field. And if that's the case and he has a clean bill of health, like dude's going to be real good next year. I lied, Chris. We we still had one more player, Zamir White, but he's still really interesting, right? Uh, two ACL injuries in his short career spanning from high school to college, but we saw what he could do in the Sugar Bowl against Baylor, gaining over 90 yards, 92 exactly, with a touchdown. So DeAndre Swift's gone. Brian Herrien's gone. This is Zamir White's backfield. Could he be the next great Georgia football running back? Yeah, I think he will be. <laughs> Anytime your name, nickname is Zeus, you have to be pretty good. And that's, uh, that's Samir White. Um, as you said, he had two ACL tears in high school, um, essentially took away his entire redshirt, or took away his entire freshman season in 2019. Um, he didn't pl- in 2018, he didn't play a ton in 2019 either. Um, but when Georgia kind of needed him in the Sugar Bowl and DeAndre Swift didn't look like himself, he was the workhorse. He ran for 92 yards and a touchdown in the win against a really, really good Baylor defense. And I think given next season, his second season back from ACL, you're always better your second season back from an ACL when you're kind of getting used to your knees again and you're getting fully kind of comfortable with your body. Zamir has every kind of ability and chance in the world to be the feature guy in that system. And I would imagine, like this is not inside information or anything, but I would imagine given Jamie Newman's skill set, which... um he ran a lot of interesting zone read stuff at Wake Forest. Uh, he was a really big run threat at Wake Forest. James Cooley, the offensive coordinator at Georgia, is likely going to adopt a lot of those kind of principles and at least some of those ideas with at, at Georgia. And with Jamie Newman kind of being a threat in the run game, I think that opens up things even more for a guy like Samir White. I think he's probably super excited to see a guy that's mobile back there alongside him. And he Georgia's had 1,000-yard rusher after 1,000-yard rusher, and I would – I fully expect Samir White to kind of be the next guy in line in that regard. All right, Chris, good stuff. We'll check back in 12 months and see how you did. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, 
eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, thanks to Chris. Excited again to check back in a few months and see how he did, see who he pegged correctly, and see where he was wrong. On to your news and... Full disclosure, I had to wait to record the podcast because I needed LSU players to stop declaring for the NFL draft. As of 9 o'clock Central Time, p.m., on Wednesday night, when I'm recording this, seven underclassmen had declared. I'll read them out to you. Safety Grant Delpit, wide receiver Justin Jefferson, running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire, linebackers Patrick Queen and Jacob Phillips, offensive lineman Lloyd Cushenberry Jr. and Shadiq Charles. Cushenberry is the center. Charles is the left tackle. The Tigers are still waiting on the likely departures of pass rusher Caleb on Chason and tight end Thaddeus Moss. Some good news, though, is that nose guard Tyler Shelvin and safety Jacoby Stevens are returning, which they also announced Wednesday. And, and that's great. But considering that Joe Burrow and Joe Brady are gone and a few other seniors, and it's very likely that the defending national champions will look very, very different this fall. And I think an interesting preseason storyline will be where the AP voters and the coaching voters, votes alike have the Bayou Bengals pegged, given that there's so much uncertainty on this roster moving forward. Speaking of LSU, it was obvious that Odell Beckham was giving players real money and not fake money after the national title win over Clemson. And the fake money part was LSU's initial attempt at spinning this story, which was on video. I mean, you saw Odell give Justin Jefferson a, a what, do, what do the kids call it, a high five of cash? I don't know. LSU later came around and confirmed that it was real money and said it's working with the SEC and the NCAA on a solution. I'm sure that the players who got money from Odell who – have further eligibility will have to give the cash back so that they can stay eligible, which is kind of a bummer, but here's to hoping reasonable heads prevail and there's no further issue here. All right, back to the NFL draft declarations. Some household names announced decisions Wednesday. Alabama running back Najee Harris finally broke his silence. He's going to return for his senior year. The former top five recruit had over 1200 yards and 13 touchdowns on the ground in 2019 should be even better as a senior. It's possible that a loaded running back position unit um, of as far as 2020 NFL draft entrants, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, probably Travis Etienne, swayed Najee into coming back, but he's going to be a vital part of that offense that's replaced into a tongue of Iloa. And with receivers Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs off to the NFL, Najee, who has already flashed some muscle as a pass catcher, is going to get a lot of touches. Put him on your Heisman watch and thank me later. Clemson's T. Higgins, superstar wide receiver, is turning pro. And earlier in this podcast, we did name his replacement with Chris Summer, and that guy is named Joe Ingata. 
So I'm still keeping an eye on Virginia Tech. I hope the news hasn't broken by the time Thursday morning's podcast airs. But should Justin Fuente leave, and I told you yesterday that he was flirting with Baylor, there is some support for Shane Beamer, the son of Frank, the hokey legend Frank Beamer, to be hired as head coach. Mike Vick gave him an endorsement. Shane Beamer has never been a head coach anywhere. He's the current assistant head coach at Oklahoma. He also worked with Kurt, under Kirby Smart at Georgia. I don't know if that would be a slam dunk hire, but a lot of sentimental folk in Blacksburg want to see it. How about this one? Woke up to this news. Bobby Petrino was, for some reason, hired as the head coach at FCS Missouri State. The 58-year-old Petrino is 119 and 56 as a head coach. He's been doing it for a while. A lot of critics about this job uh, decision by FCS Missouri State. I probably don't need to call them FCS twice, though. Sorry, guys. Petrino has had a controversial journey, complete with that motorcycle ride that ended his time at Arkansas. Plus, I mean, look, two years ago, he was fired by Louisville, and the Cardinals were in shambles, 2-8. and eight. They bounced back to make a bowl in the first year under Scott Satterfield. So he clearly was doing a – Petrino was clearly doing a very poor job with a decent amount of talent. If there's one silver lining for this hire for Missouri State, it's – there was a rumor they were going to hire Art Bryles. So, I mean, of all the – I mean, I can't even believe that. But if you're going to choose two controversial candidates, at least – don't choose Art Bryles. Uh, got one other one. This happened late Tuesday night, and no one's really talking about it, but Hawaii coach Nick Rolovich was named as the replacement for Mike Leach at Washington State. Washington State is a really tough job, but so is Hawaii. And Rolovich Turk took over a horrible team four years ago and had the Warriors at 18 and 11 in his last two seasons. So you have to be creative to win in Pullman. You have to be out of the box. You have to be able to relate to your players and do more with less. So we'll see if Rolovich can do that. I think it's a good hire, though. That's just my opinion. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Connor Tapp, for Chris Hummer, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott, and we will talk to you on Friday. Most all-star studded challenge ever and this time it's every competitor for themselves best challenge ever the challenge all-stars new season now streaming on paramount plus go to paramountplus.com to try it free terms apply